0: Let's go ahead and find our seats. We've got the kids all situated and heading to their classes and we want to get ready to dig into God's Word and to um, learn a little bit more about Horizon Pregnancy Clinic. Before we do though, just a, as a family, a church family, we want to recognize certain things and um, we recognize this is Sierra's last Sunday with us down here and um, She's getting married, it's it's a good thing, and um, she's going to be attending with her future husband, and ministry will continue, but we have been blessed with your ministry, and children's ministry, and now with junior high and our junior high young ladies, um, it has been a wonderful thing to minister with you, to um, worship with you, and so don't be a stranger, you're not going that far away, and you're welcome anytime and at anything, but thank you for all of your ministry and for being part of church family, thank you. So be sure to, um, hug her, embarrass her afterwards, and, uh, <laughs> all that good stuff. As you walked in, you might have noticed something different in the parking lot. Uh, I don't know if you didn't. You might want to open your eyes as you're walking in next time. I don't know. There's a big white van right there. And, um, that is a van named Courage, which is what we're going to be talking about, um, this morning a little bit later, um, from Horizon Pregnancy Clinic. And we have Horizon with us this morning. And Horizon is a, an organization that we support, and we support financially, but we also support um, some of ours are volunteers there. We also want to support with our prayers and as they have needs every now and then, because we really believe in what they're doing and want to partner with what they're doing. And so this morning, we're going to take a few minutes and hear from them of what they're doing. We're going to start with a video and um, that tells Karina's story, and then Karina is here to, to share with us this morning. But Jeremiah, can you play that video, please?
1: My name is Karina Shotted. So I was actually a worship leader at my church July 5th, 2014, when I found out that I was pregnant with my son. There was just so much shame and devastation that washed over me the second that it turned positive. I was going to be an unborn mother. The father of my son and I, we were in no position to be parents. I mean, we didn't have careers, you know, we didn't have money. We were honestly not even together. It was just uh, a time in my life where I was being irresponsible and not thinking um, of the repercussions that the choices that I was making could have. In addition to not being ready, there was just so much pressure. You know, a a lot of things were said, well, you're not ready. It's okay. You know, you do have a choice. And it wasn't a choice to parent or to adopt, it was a choice to terminate the pregnancy. There was one part in my mind where I thought to myself, I could avoid the shame, you know? Nobody would ever know that, that I, Karina, the worship leader at my church, I failed. I just, I prayed to God and I said, if this is what's meant to be, you know, if you, if, if, if it's your plan for me to parent and let me have a, a healthy baby. So again, I had the foggiest idea of what to do, where to go, who to turn to. But that scripture where it says that faith without works is dead, I, I carry that with me. And so I said, God, what do I do? Where do I go? I went on Google, because <laughs> where else do you go to ask questions? <laughs> so when I was on Google, I found Horizon Pregnancy Clinic and... Some of the services that I saw that they offered was free ultrasounds, free counseling, free parenting classes. And then they had several resources as far as like housing and you know, they can give you referrals for places that will help you put up your child for adoption. But I just took a step of faith. That was my step of faith. So I made an appointment, I went, I got my ultrasound. Then I went back a few weeks later and to take their Earn While You Learn program. And so what that was is um, you take parenting classes and you can do it all the way up to when your child is a toddler. And it's, it was just such a blessing to me because while I was learning how to be a parent through all the stages of pregnancy and up until the child was like a toddler, I was also earning diapers and wipes to me that was such a huge miracle because when I found out I was pregnant I was like I don't even have money for a crib by the time my son was born I had diapers up until he was 8 months you know I had clothes up until he was a year and a half and to me that was so huge you know I Horizon blessed me with a crib I wouldn't have had those things you know had I not taken that step of faith out One of, like, the biggest things that I prayed was I don't want my son to grow up in a broken family. I grew up in a broken family, and my biggest heart's desire was for my son to have a family where there was love all around, you know, regardless of where my son's father and I, regardless of where the relationship was. And it was a a long road. It was a hard one. It's, it's a tough one still, but I can tell you that today he has his father in his life. If you find yourself in the same situation as I did, or even if it's a similar situation like I did, it took a leap of faith to just put my trust in God. And the Bible says that faith the size of a mustard seed, which is incredibly small, can move a mountain and that was something else that i held on to so hold on to that hold on to that faith the size of a mustard seed and know that god is going to give you hope you know because he loves you and perfect love casts about all fear and god's love is perfect and i would just trust in that that god's going to bring you up because he
0: loves you Powerful to see what can happen when we show compassion and love and care and show God's grace. I'd like to invite Karina to share with us a little bit about what Horizon is doing, her story. Thank you for the courage to share your video with us this morning and um, bring your family. So, welcome Karina, please. <clears throat>
1: Thank you, Pastor. Um, Thank you so much for having us here. It is such an honor and a privilege um, that we get to share what Horizon does. I also want to honor my husband, Sam. He's sitting right to the left. He's probably embarrassed that I'm pointing him out. (laughs) He's holding our two-month-old daughter. Um, So I encourage you, come visit the van so you can come see my daughter because she's super cute. I'm not biased or anything. (laughs) Um, But... You know, as I said in the video, God is just, he's so amazing. Um, We serve a God that specializes in the impossible because when I found out I was pregnant with my son, I would have never imagined that I'm to be in the place that I am today. Um, David's dad and I, we co parent. We have an amazing co parenting relationship. And that in itself was a miracle because when I initially told him that I was expecting, uh, to put it lightly, he didn't have a very kind answer for me. So God is just so good. And um him, myself and my husband, we all co-parent together. Him and my husband are really great friends. Sometimes when he comes over, I have to, hey, okay, go home now. You and Sam can hang out some other time. <laughs> but I mean, it's just amazing how awesome God is. And this is my little boy, David. <laughs> And he is literally the light of my world. him and my daughter are just I'm so proud of them and I'm just so thankful that um you know that I made the choice to parent so I'm gonna have him go sit down now. You. You. If you can go to the next slide, please <clears throat> so um I'm gonna share with you guys some of the um the resources that we have at. Horizon. And at Horizon, it's not just, hey, you know, don't terminate the baby. Keep the baby. It's no, keep the baby. And we are going to be with you every step of the way. We are here to empower you. We are here to equip you. And when I had finished my classes at Horizon, I felt like I was ready. Before I went to Horizon, I was, I realized at that moment, I guess I'm not an adult because I don't know how to take care of a baby. But that's what I love about Horizon. They're not just saying, hey, keep your baby. They're saying, keep your baby. We're going to help you parent. And it's not just for moms. It's also for parents who find themselves in a crisis. You know, even if there's a father who doesn't have the foggiest clue what to do, they're there for them also. Um, One of the programs that I love that Horizon has, which I think is so amazing, is um, their post-abortion recovery. So if you or someone has gone through that, um, has made that choice. You know what? This might be news to you, but Jesus loves you. He loves you no matter what. And um, and so we have post-abortion recovery. It actually started January 29th. Um, but if you are interested in that, you can email recovery at horizonpc.org. If you can go to the next slide, please. So last year, we saved 207 babies. So that means we supported, we prayed, and we helped over 650 parents that walked into the doors or maybe just called. I've actually been there when people have called and the other, the woman on the line prays with them and just lets them know, hey, like, we're here for you when you, we love you. When you walk into Horizon, regardless if you're a parent that needs the services or just want to volunteer, you can automatically just feel the love when you walk in. Um, They don't really like say we're Christian based um, because sometimes I think people like may feel, oh, I don't believe. I don't have the same faith. You know, maybe I come from a different faith or maybe they don't believe in God at all. But what I love about horizon is when you walk in, even though they're not screaming, Hey, Jesus loves you. You feel that love in there. And that is so important. Um, because actions speak louder than words. And that's what I love about horizon. And so since 2005, horizon has helped over 10,000 people. Thank you, Jesus for that. Um, We have the baby bottle campaign coming up or it's here you can go to the next slide um I guess it's already up um so you can pick up a baby bottle at the uh at the van and I was so excited to see this morning people were walking up and they're like hey I have my baby bottle do I give it to you so thank you guys so much like that is such a blessing you guys really go to the clinic and then you'll realize wow this is where this these donations go Um, so here's the thing about terminating pregnancies or abortion is it just, it doesn't just affect one life. It affects two, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's my body, um, and I'll just do away with it and I can go on with my life. But I personally know people who have been affected by this, who have had to go through therapy or who lived with this hurt. And so, um. So that's why I think Horizon is so big, because they recognize that they're so big on advocating, defending the defenseless. Um, so some of the resources that Horizon has, which I mentioned in the video, is pregnancy tests, ultrasound, options counseling, non-judgmental care parenting classes, and most importantly is prayer. I'm a firm believer that prayer changes things. Um, Uh, They do. I don't know if they have it at the moment, but I know that they do have therapy. Like uh, you can meet with a a therapist and I know that that really helped me. I had a session with with one. um, We have nurses there. We have ultrasound technicians. We have an ultrasound machine. Um, The first time I heard my son's heartbeat, he was five weeks. And that's I, I found out that that's actually rare. Um, but everybody in, uh, in the room was like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. We found the heartbeat. And my response was, that's really weird. <laughs> I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Um, my response for my daughter was different. But it was, <laughs> but I was like, this is so weird. Um, but it's, it's such an amazing, amazing place. Um, like I said, the crib, I, I told the, uh, my, client advocate. That's what they call them. You work one-on-one with somebody. And um, we do. you have the same person that you go through classes with. And I said, oh, I want to do like the baby's room nautical theme. So she calls me when I was like six months pregnant. She said, Karina, we have a crib here. It just got donated. And this is a great quality crib. I used to work in furniture. It's super expensive. And I was like, okay. So I checked it out. I looked it up online and this crib was like well over a thousand dollars and I was like I will take it thank you very much <laughs> and we still have it for my daughter today and so God is just so amazing that he works that way I'm telling you because of these classes I needed nothing from I said no diapers no wipes. God just worked it out but that's just what Horizon does um well, something that's super exciting that's coming up um with Horizon, is the abortion pill rescue. And um, so, sadly, colleges are able to administer the abortion pill, and parents would never even know this. Um, so, what's exciting that Horizon gets to do is they can um, prescribe a abortion pill reversal, and it's progesterone, and what that does is it helps um, reverse the pill for them. So that's super exciting that we get to do that. And we are just praying that any young lady who like realizes this is not the right choice, they come to Horizon. And again, we're not just there to save their baby. We're not just here, let me reverse the pill for you. We're like, let's come, let's partner with you, let's come alongside you, and let's empower you to parent. Another um, resource that Horizon offers is Deeper Still Retreat, and this goes hand in hand with the um, post-abortion recovery. Um, It's a retreat where if you have had an abortion, you go, and um, it's just, it's such a healing moment. I actually know somebody really, really close to me that went to this, and this individual just had so much hurt and bitterness from that abortion. And let me tell you, God did such a transformation work inside of her. And so if you know anybody who could use this, please, I really encourage you. Have them check out Deeper Story Retreat. You can also um, get in touch with Horizon and they'll um, forward those resources to you. So if you feel in your heart that this is something that you want to get involved with you can volunteer there's so many ways that you can volunteer um jen is actually one jennifer is actually one of our volunteers and we are so thankful thank you so much and so um you can ask her questions she can let you know like what it's like on a day-to-day basis there at horizon um one of the biggest things is prayer if you can't give your time if you can't give of your finances Um, we actually have a prayer list that goes out every week. Get on that prayer list because let me tell you something, prayer changes things. And I've said that like three times, but I really believe it. I mean, it was a small prayer that I said, Hey God, I need you. And then God just guided me through this the rest of the way. My client advocate, every time I went in, I mean, I was really like bitter with God that like, I was like, God, how could you let this happen? It's not his fault, but you know, I needed someone to blame. Um, (laughs) Gail was there. She was like, Krina, let's pray together." I just and she would just speak peace over me. She would just speak love and joy over me and that made a world of difference. So, I just want to thank you again so much for having us here. I hope you'll come visit us at the mobile and um we really covet your prayers. God bless.
0: Thank you, Karina, for sharing with us, um, for giving us a window into your story and and your family and the courage that it takes for that. I'd like to pray. And she mentioned several times that one of the most important things we can do is pray. And we've been talking about that as a congregation with a whole variety of situations that we're facing in our congregation. And so we want to just bow our heads right now and pray and go to the God of the universe and ask for his support for for Horizon, for his support, for them, and for um, this issue that is is just devastating in our culture today. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, our Father, Lord, we come to you on a a very serious, sobering topic, Um, that of of terminating life, life that you have given, that you have created, that is made in your image. And Lord, I pray that we would not turn a blind eye to that, but that we would be looking to support um, causes that help in this issue, that support life. Lord, I I pray for Karina and her husband, Sam, and their family. I pray that you would give them um, the ability to parent these two little ones you've given them, these, these blessings from you that are wonderful and challenging all at the same time. I pray that you'd give them wisdom and grace for those kids. And thank you for Karina's decision and um, to to parent and to walk down that path even not knowing how that would work out but trusting that you do and so we pray for your blessings on them and your strength for them lord we pray for horizon and the work that they're doing that is so vital and so important lord in a culture that um, has devalued life lord i pray that you would um, help them to be able to save many more babies this year that that 200 and, and some number would go to three or 400 this year, Lord, that there would be opportunities for um, life-changing decisions, Lord. I know sometimes one of the, the issues is whether women even know about Horizon and will come in or, or any of these clinics. And, Lord, I pray that they would um, be able to, to have a, a presence through the mobile or through um, advertisement or wherever that, that young ladies that are, are scared and in trouble, and just don't know what to do, that they'd have a place to go, Lord. That even if we know of people like that, we have a place to refer them and to take them to, Lord God, that we can um, support life tangibly and credibly. Lord, I pray that you would give them the resources they need to do your work. That, um, Lord, I, I praise you for the work all the way from um, working to change minds that may be abortion-minded, to helping those that have gone through it, to helping raise and know how to parent these little ones that um, maybe are are so unexpected and um, unprepared for. Lord, thank you for their work. We pray your blessing on them and that their work would go forth with power. Lord, I pray that then as these ladies get into the deeper studies that they would hear you the gospel, the good news of the gospel and that Jesus loves them. And that there is hope in you. Thank you, Lord, for them and their ministry. In your name, amen. Thank you for sharing with us. This morning, we want to talk a little bit about defending the defenseless. And in the time that we have left, and really part of our time was for Horizon, and part of it, I want to look at a passage in Proverbs that talks a little bit about how to defend the defenseless and a challenge to defend the defenseless. I don't know whether any of you are on Facebook. Actually, I know a lot of you are on Facebook because I stalk you. No, uh, uh, <laughs> and, but one, one of the things going around is this image that people have been putting up, and, and it's it's really it's a saying, and it's, it, it just gets you going. And it's it's the one with, to men saying if you're in a parking lot at night and it's dark, it, it's a good thing to look out for maybe a lady that's by herself or something, and 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 not to approach her, but to be watching out for her and watching out to see if someone else would approach her or a young mom with kids, and if something goes on that you that that is questionable, to either intervene or get the authorities involved. Now, any of you seen that one? Um, but it's 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 like a call to action just to be aware, but to defend the defenseless. And I read it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we can do this. And there's something inside me that's like, yeah, I don't care if there's a 100 guys with guns going after, I can jump in and take, save the day by myself because I have watched the Avengers. And, and uh, <laughs> But that's tapping into something deeper in us that God has given us to defend the defenseless. Because God's heart defends the defenseless. God's heart speaks for those that can't speak for themselves. And we are made in the image of God and we are made to do that same thing, to be God's hands and feet, to do that in this world. Now there's a whole lot of of, of areas and, and discussions we can have about where to apply this. But as we have horizon in today, I want to apply it to the idea of protecting life and the sanctity of life. Because in a very real way, that unborn child who is made in the image of God, who is a person, is very defenseless and, and needs to be defended in a culture where that is is fallen on, on, on bad reputation to defend the defenseless. it's It's fallen to ridicule to say that you're pro-life. But we want to be pro-life and protect life, and that is a fight that we're facing. Just this week, we saw TikTok, one of the, the online presence, ban the organization Live Action. I don't know if you saw any of Live Action's videos, but I watched some of their videos, very tastefully done, but they, they banned them permanently and said, you can no longer share your pro-life message on our platform. Two days ago, Fox banned a beautiful commercial celebrating life and abortion survivors from the organization Faces of Choice for the Super Bowl. Now, why you would ban a 30-second commercial that someone's paying $5 million for, I don't know. Well, I do know because we're in a fight to defend life. Guys, these are stuff that's just happened in the last three days. So if we don't think this is a fight that we need to be aware of and engagement in, then we're sadly mistaken. All of the Democratic represent- Democrat representatives for president are supporting abortion rights to birth for any reason one of them called pro-lifers anti-science. Even though science firmly proves that life in the womb is a human being, even though Harvard, University of Chicago, both have done studies that say 95 and 96% respectively of secular biologists say life begins at conception, even though science is clear on that side, the messaging is that we're stupid. The message is that we're backwards in anti-science. And so make no mistake, we are in a fight. And I know two weeks ago we looked at Psalm 139 and we looked at the beauty of God's creation and a year ago we looked at that we're made in the image of God. But today as we, we finish up with um, talking about Horizon and we're in the middle of our baby bottle campaign, I wanted to talk about engaging that fight. That that is not an issue that we can stand idly by and say, well, we have Pastor Ron talking about that, or we have Horizon helping with that. But this is an issue that we are all called to engage in in some way. Now, it's going to look different for each of us, right? It's going Our support of this is going to look different depending on where we're at. But it, we are all called to speak up and defend those who are defenseless we'll be looking at Proverbs 24, 10 through 12. But before we get there, I want to look at a different proverb, Proverbs 31, 8, and 9. And in the ESV, it says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And again, the bigger picture is defending all the defenseless and the poor and the needy and those that are, are in desperate need of help. And this morning, we're, we're narrowing that to apply more to the unborn and to the moms that are making these, these difficult decisions that are in situations in life that are scary and hard and, and overwhelming. But it says, open your mouth for them. Open your mouth and defend them. I love how NIV translates that same verse. NIV says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Uh, it, it gives this, I, I don't know, speak up to me. as like, yeah, let's do this. Let's defend them for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor. So how can we defend the defenseless? There's a whole lot of things we can talk about. But this morning I want to look at what Proverbs 24, 10 through 12 says. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Proverbs 24, 10 through 12. If you don't have a Bible, under one of the seats right around you is a black hardcover Bible. Open that along so you can see this is God's Word and write and from the Bible. If you don't have one at home, please take that with you, our gift to you, so you have God's Word. Proverbs 24 10 through 12. Now, Proverbs sometimes are one-off Proverbs, right? Where you have this verse that has this Proverb and this verse that has this Proverb. and You have this verse about money and this verse about children and this verse about work. In this case, these three verses form a unit. And so all three of these verses are talking about the, the same topic. I just want to read them and then we'll take them one at a time and look at three different ways or three different principles of defending the defenseless. Starting at verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we do not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Just three quick verses, simple verses Proverbs that are worth looking at this morning. Out of the first verse, we see if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And point number one is we must act with courage when it's time to fight. We must act with courage when it's time to fight. The wording there for faint is the idea of being slack. Do nothing. We think, okay, if you, I tried my best and I fainted, I passed out. That's not what this word is. This word is, I relaxed, I was disheartened, and so I did nothing. It's sort of just sitting and watching the battle go by. It's sitting in the stands and watching the football game or the basketball game or sitting in front of the TV today at 3.30 and watching the, without being part of it. Now it's okay today in the Super Bowl. None of you should be there in the game. But we should all be in the game when it comes to the day of adversity and and defending those, as the second verse says, that are being taken away to death, that are stumbling to the slaughter. And so the the author here says, if you're faint, if you've done nothing, if you've relaxed, if you've been slacked in the day of adversity, the day that that is pressing in, the day that, that there's a fight, then your strength is small, sort of an insult. Then you're sort of puny. You're sort of weak. You've blown it because you haven't gotten involved. And and he's talking here about the character of what it looks like to get involved to defend the defenseless. In this case, to protect those being taken away to death. And the proverb, when he says your strength is small and and if if you do nothing in the day of adversity it's really a challenge to courage. It's a challenge to act. We must act with courage when it's time to fight. And so we don't want to be disheartened when the fight in this culture seems to be going the wrong way. We don't want to get disheartened when every news show that we watch or everything we see or every person arguing this issue in some really bizarre ways seems to be attacking us personally. Don't be disheartened, but engage the fight fight on, it shows our character. A character that is trusting God, that is relying on God. In in sports, and it's the Super Bowl day, we can have a lot of sports analogies, right? You can bear with me for one day. In sports, one of the things that's interesting is when I watch teams play and one of the team is losing by, by like half the score of the other team or worse, if they're losing badly and they still fight hard, to me that shows their character. It shows their strength. It shows that they are willing to, to persevere. In this case, the, the, the author of the Proverbs is saying, persevere, even in the day of adversity, even when you feel like giving up, when you feel like doing nothing, persevere. See, the difficult times often test our character. They, they often reveal our character Difficult times, days of adversity show whether we're people of courage. And that's what, again, the, the proverb is saying. If you give up, if you disengage, your strength is small. Your character is shown, and it is not good. But rather, we need to view fights like this and discussions like this and opportunities to defend the defenseless as times to stretch our muscles, our faith muscles, our courage muscles, these are, these are opportunities to strengthen our resolve to stand for God. Do not falter in the face of adversity, the author says. As we apply it in our discussion today, we are not to falter in the face of a death culture, of abortion rights. Now, there might be all kinds of reasons to not get involved, right? Um, maybe we don't want to get involved because of what it will cost us in our reputation or in friendships, Maybe we don't want to get involved because that's going to take time and it's going to be tiring and, and I have something fun to do. Maybe we don't want to get involved because we're afraid that we... And this is legitimate. I understand it. We're afraid we don't know how to answer the questions, that we don't know how to defend the cause or that someone will ridicule us. You know, all those things might be obstacles to keep us from getting involved but courage overcomes those. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's not the absence of obstacles. Courage is the willingness to act in spite of fear and obstacles because we know who our God is and because we know we are fighting his fight. I think of the children of Israel as, as they're entering the promised land in Joshua one, and Joshua is, is bringing them into the land and, and Joshua himself as the leader is like, I don't know if I can do this. This is a huge task. And in Joshua 1 and verses 6 through 9, four times God says, haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Step out for me. Even if you don't know how it's going to work out, even if you don't know what's going to happen, step out for me. And in verse 9, he says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so this proverb, that verse in Joshua and throughout Scripture, we see calls to courageous action. Calls to, to act even when we don't know how God is going to work. This is how we stand for life. Now I'm not saying that, that every one of us has to go in the corner with a soapbox and a bullhorn and try to convince people that way. Do you know what you saw this morning? The fight starts one mom, one baby at a time. By loving them, by showing compassion, by walking through life with them instead of yelling at them with a bullhorn. Right? Can we do that? That's courageous call to action. That's what Horizon's trying to do. That's what we should all be doing with people around us. Now, some of you are called to the bullhorn arguments. I get that and it's great and I've participated in some of those <laughs> um, because we do have to stand for truth in that way and defend truth. But the most effective way is person to person, showing the love of Jesus. That's courage. So we stand. We stand because we don't care about the approval of man. We care about the approval of God. We don't care what someone might say. Galatians 1.10, Paul says, for, I, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And when I think about all of our objections to take a stand on this issue, even with a co-worker to say, this is what I believe, this is what is right. When I think about all of the objections, so many of them boil down to, am I trying to please God or men? Am I worried about what people think of me or am I worried about what God thinks of me? The author of the Proverbs says when it comes to saving those stumbling toward death, to act with courage, to act with courage. Verse 11, second point is, we must counter a death culture at every opportunity. We must counter a death culture at every opportunity. Verse 11 says, rescue those who are beaten, taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And it's a call to action to step in and make a difference. You actually have two halves to this proverb, and some have said, well, who are being rescued here? Because it seems to be different, and and I actually think it's referring to two different types of situations to give us a sense of the whole. The first is those who are being taken away, those that are being taken away to death beyond their own choice. That this is something that's happening to them that they're not choosing. And so rescue is the idea of delivering, snatching them from death, saving them to pull them out of this this death course. And these are those that are are being taken against their own will. One author compared it to like the Jews being slaughtered in, in World War II. It wasn't their choice. But praise God for those that worked to save them, that worked to rescue them. The second half is hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter, those who are heading toward death. And, and so these are a different category of people, people stumbling toward death, maybe by their own choices, maybe by sin, the blindness of this world. And so we see both. And, and, and in any case, the proverb is saying, stand for life, fight death, fight for those that are defensively being taken that direction, and come alongside and hold back and, and be part of the, the, the solution to those that are maybe stumbling inadvertently or, or because they don't feel like they have any other choice toward that. Oh, can you see how that applies to pro-life and supporting life and the sanctity of life? Either way, we're to rescue them. Find ways to rescue those who are defenseless. Stop those on the path to end life those choosing, and we, sh- we, we stop them with winsome discussion and care with ultrasounds. The, the, the difference that ultrasounds have made in this has been huge. And we're finding ways to come alongside and to hold back those who are stumbling to death. Praise God. Praise God. And so out of this, we seek care for both the baby and the mom. And, and, and as we as a church think of solutions and think of this issue, we've got to love both the baby and the mom. This isn't just about the baby. It's about a more holistic view of how we can help a mom choose life, choose to parent, choose to walk that path that's hard. Now, th- this proverb undoubtedly also applied to those who are being exploited in and, and a bigger category. And, and, yet, and I know we're narrowing in on one particular aspect of application. But are we people who will counter a death culture at every opportunity? Psalm 82, 3 and 4, again, a wonderful verse out of the Psalms. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute and it's this idea that we should be defending those that can't defend themselves and coming alongside verse four rescue the weak and needy deliver them from the hand of the wicked it's a call to engage finally at verse 12 third point we must not turn a blind eye to what is going on or look for excuses not to get involved We must not turn a blind eye to what is going on or look for excuses not to get involved. Verse 12, the the author says, If you say, Behold, we didn't know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? This verse scares me a little bit. This is a chilling verse because it's saying, "Verses like you can't claim ignorance. We can't claim we don't know what's going on. We know that's a baby. We know that's a human life. I have never had a young mom who's pregnant come in to say to me and say, I am so happy I have this mass of cells growing in my stomach. I say, no, I'm going to have a baby. And so we know this. As a culture, we know this. As I've had debates with people so much of them is them trying to convince themselves what they know obviously is true. We can't claim ignorance. Also, we can't fall into passivity. And so God says, if you say, behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? God knows the heart. He knows what's really going on. He knows whether we're relaxing and sitting on the sidelines or engaging in what is a vital issue of life. At the end, it says, does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? That's the part that scares me. Because it's saying, in the context of preventing people from stumbling towards death, preventing those that are being taken to death he says if we ignore it god will hold us responsible our generation and the generation before us will be held responsible i know it's not a fun message on sunday morning but it's a call to action see if we're walking with god If I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, I'm going to love justice. I'm going to love righteousness. I'm going to love life. And I'm going to seek to be His hands and tools in that. So what do we do? What do we practically do? And I just want to throw out a a few ideas because I understand this isn't our singular issue as believers. The issue is people need the gospel. And people need to hear about Jesus. That is our singular issue. But the idea of the sanctity of life and supporting life that is made in the image of God is near and dear God's heart too and falls under that, falls under being salt and light in this depraved world. The first thing that I would recommend is praying fervently. We already heard that this morning. Pray fervently for this issue in our country. And and that means more than just a sentence or two and more than just once a year on sanctity of life. It means put it on your prayer list, make it part of what we do, that we are going to pray that, that our country and the leaders of our country will start making decisions that support life. My prayer isn't actually so much that, but that the culture of our country will change. That, that as John Sone Street says, ab- abortion won't be illegal necessarily, it'll be unthinkable. That, that's a whole different prayer. And, and so my prayer is that God changes the heart of our country. That God changes the heart of people to, to see life as it is. Another thing we can do is to pray for and support groups like Horizon. Horizon should also be on our prayer list and the work that they're doing. I love that almost all the baby bottles are gone and you took them because we're, we're supporting in that way financially. It also becomes a way to talk about it in your family, aware of awareness. Um, they brought more baby bottles today, by the way, because I know the table ran out and and out by courage, the van, you can um, get some more. Next week is when we'll be turning those in. And if you turn them in today, that's okay too because they're full and that's great. But next week, bring those back and let's tangibly support a ministry. Let's sacrificially support a ministry that that is upholding life. This is a huge one for what we can do. I really believe that we, as, as Christians in America, need to rethink our attitudes toward women who are pregnant and scared and in distress. And what I mean by that is, is so many times people and Christians have been the last place people want to go because of the perceived shame or because of, of the judgment that might happen. Now, I'm not saying that we accept sinful choices But this is the time to come alongside and to say, God is a God of grace and God loves you. And to show that tangibly with our attitude to come and say, how can I walk this path with you? Not how could you make this decision? Because I've got to tell you, as they see the love of Jesus and walk close to Jesus, that's already on their mind. But they need someone that says, do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, That was enough. And that covers this. And His grace covers this. And He still loves you and He loves that little baby and I love you too and I'm willing to walk with you. That is how Christians can start to really make inroads in this discussion. Is to come alongside, rethink our attitudes toward those women that are are in distress. That are facing the most difficult decision they have probably ever faced in their lives and feel more alone than they ever have. Do we have a message for them? We do. A message of hope and of grace. You know, there's other things we can do. I, you've heard me talk about fostering before and, and we want to support those that are fostering like the Gilmores coming in with a new foster baby soon and, and the Bulbys and others that have fostered and adopted and maybe consider fostering yourselves. You know, we're in, no, we're, we're in voting year. Another thing we can do is just be careful how we vote. Notice whether candidates are supporting life or not because that affects a whole number of ways of how they govern. Believers, that should be a key issue that helps us decide who to vote for. I'm not going to stand here and tell you who you should vote for but I don't know that I could ever vote for someone who is pro-abortion. I don't know that I could when I look at what Scripture says and when I look at what, how God views life. Think about that this year as we vote. Engage. Get engaged with the fight. Don't just let it go. As I close our time, we just saw three, three quick points out of Proverbs 24. Act courageously. Stand up and and do something. Don't just stay on the sidelines. Then to to counter the death culture at every opportunity, to to counter it in government, to counter it in discussions, but one-on-one to come alongside moms that are making these decisions and to not turn a blind eye or make excuses for not getting involved. As we enter communion, the last thing I want to say is to those of you that have been there, I know that in a room this size, we probably have some that have had abortions. We probably have had some that are dealing with the guilt and regret. It's why I love that Horizon has a post-abortion Bible study and, and ways to help. And I know subjects like this and topics like this can be really hard to hear if in the past you've made decisions that you regret now. And my word to you today is that God's mercy and his forgiveness covers that completely. And you do not have to feel guilty for that anymore. You do not have to feel regret because God will take that and use it in your lives for Him. In Matthew 26, 28, something Jesus said as He was instituting the Lord's Supper. He said, For this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And wherever you've been on this, Jesus' blood was poured out to forgive that, to make it clean, and to offer his righteousness to cover any choices we've made. If we turn to him, if we believe on him, that is the offer that he gives. And it seems too good to be true because all we do is believe and he gives us his righteousness and he gives us forgiveness. But that's how grace works. That's how the grace of our, our, our wonderful God works. And so if, if you've been down this road, God has forgiven you if you come to him, if you believe in him. And he wipes that clean. And it is not something to continue to let Satan have a hold of guilt in your life for, but to realize God's grace and mercy as we come to him. We want to enter communion where Jesus gave his life to forgive sins, where he gave his life to give us life, A beautiful exchange. And we want to remember what He's done. Let's hand out the elements and then we'll pray. Dear Lord God, our Father, we praise You for Your forgiveness. That You loved us so much to send Your Son. And You had so much grace that is beyond our comprehension, that is immeasurable, that you want us to come to you. You made the way. You paid the price. Your blood paid the price that we should have paid. That if we believe on you, we can enter into a relationship with you and experience that grace and that salvation and that righteousness that you give us. Thank you, God, for that. I pray that if there's anyone here that has never made that decision, that today would be that day that they would see your forgiveness and your grace, that they would choose to follow you and believe on your name. Lord God, those that have, may this be a reminder. May we be celebrating right now what you've done for us and renewing our commitment to live for you. Thank you, God, for what you've done. In your precious name.